Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast in the multiverse. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter at Clinton Bon. Hey, Twitter's been a lot of fun lately. A lot of a lot of action, a lot of ping-ponging out there. Brandon, I know you've been feeling it. I am joined by the one, the only, the aforementioned Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. Brandon is traveling. He is it. He is seeing Sir Elton John in the city of Minneapolis tonight. So he's not in the exact, you know, dojo you usually see him in. I'm at the my, my docile in Connecticut. We're talking Seahawks once again. And boy, oh boy, there is there is a plethora. There's a cornucopia, Brandon, of things to chat about. It seems like every day there's something new that's either breaking or faking or making or on the cusp of and then and then in the dust of and the whole thing already. And there was a topic that came up just today where you're pinging me saying, hey, did you did you see see this newest thing about about uh, about about our coach there? So, Brandon, as we get out of the gates hot here, what do you want to share, man? Well, the good news is, Clinton, I'm still standing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I sound a little bit different uh, recording from a closet uh, than my usual spot, but Hey, you know, we're here, we're talking Seahawks. It can't be all that bad. And yeah, it was, it was quite the day with, we heard from Pete Carroll on 710 ESPN. He checked in with them and it really, it's not too much different from what we've already heard in terms of kind of the message that they've been trying to get out about how this was Russell Wilson's decision to move on from the Seahawks and how it kind of been building and how Pete had exhausted all of his options. But the thing is, I, I think there's one option that Russ was probably going for when, especially when I think back to when he said, well, I sure hope I can stay in Seattle. I, I sure hope I'm in Seattle. It, it, when I think back to that and when I hear Pete talking about the options, I, I think the option Russ wanted was to stay in Seattle and have a turnover on the coaching staff. And that would have been his hope would that it would be that the ownership group would have chosen him over Pete. And as we saw, that did not happen. Yeah, I, I, the more the more and more the story kind of oozes out. It's I, I, we talked about it last time, and and for those that didn't didn't catch it last time, um, you know, I'm heavily convinced now that you know this is 98% Russ is doing, and that's okay. Like for the reasons you stated, like he he wanted the change that he sought after 10 years of doing what he did with the team. I'm not going to throw hate or shade on Russ. But don't deny that you can you can leave that to me. I will throw the hate in the shade uh, nice. because he's not my quarterback anymore. But uh, no, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I I've ceased to care about you know his Twitter life and, and and his cliches and things of that nature. And they start to immediately rub you the wrong way when 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 the person walks out the door on you. But we you know the thing we we chatted about too, which kind of those are rehab. things that, you know not and not to keep yeah, interrupting okay, you, yeah, but okay. those are things that you can live with when he's your quarterback, like. I can yeah. overlook the bad stuff, especially when the bad stuff isn't really that bad. It's no. just kind of annoying. Uh, and uh, and yeah, you overlook that stuff and embrace all the other stuff, like how good he was. And it's that part of it that I, I think I will still have a hard time dealing with because, and you know, when you say it's an interesting spot out on Twitter, part of the reason it's interesting is because everybody has their thoughts on the uh, the next quarterback and who the next quarterback should be. And the problem is, is that they're all terrible. Like every option is terrible. Comparatively, they're terrible options. Even my, the, the, even the choices I make, they're bad. <laughs> the choices that you've made are bad. Oh, I see. I, I see. 
Now I get it. Yeah, no, that, you know, darn, darn if you do, darn if you don't. Like, yeah, you can't, and you certainly can't please uh, Seahawks Twitter. That, that's there's just, well, there's just no replacement that is available that you go, oh, well, just go get that guy and we'll be fine. Right. And, they, they, and you know, the Matt Ryan deal that the, that the Colts made, I think he would have been a fine quarterback for a year or two. And it'd be probably fine. could, could probably could have ran terrible, out, but it'd be fine. But he probably could have ran the offense pretty, pretty efficiently. And there's still, there's still, you still got Gardner Minshew. You still got Baker Mayfield. Another couple more terrible options, but fine. You know, we could, we could cheer for those guys. I, you know, I, but I, I, there's degrees of terrible. And I, I'm not sure because like I look back at, you know, again, I, I, a lot of times I, I listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts and they're talking about a lot of Baker. The first nine games of the last season, this last season, before Baker's injuries really showed up, the dude was playing good. He wasn't playing, he was, play, you know, not, and again, not fantasy numbers that are, that, that are crazy, not four touchdowns a game, but he and the, and the Browns are playing good football. You know, that's half, that's half a year. Baker's the best of who's left of the terrible options. And yeah. the reason why I, I grade that I have this line of terrible is that I have, I, it's just in terms of finding a quarterback that the Seahawks can win a championship with, uh, that has to, that has to be enough for me to, to go above the terrible line. Well, I think that's an interesting, you know, like I think pivoting a, a slight bit from the, you know, the, the QB conversation and, and like, where is this going to land? And, and maybe we could circle back to the, to the lock, the lock press uh, press conference. Cause at the very least I'll tease it with, he seemed authentic and that, and that was endearing. Right. So, and, and, and we could maybe put that aside for a second, but we talk about possibly winning a Super Bowl, which I understand we're Seahawks fans. I'm going to, drink Kool-Aid. I'm going to, I'm going to do all the things where I, I get fired up about different moves one way or another. But if I'm to remove myself from, from like the homerism fandom, the current roster, I never realized there's more free agency to go. I realized we got draft picks, but Brandon, we don't have a freaking tackle. <laughs> we don't have, we don't have a starting NFL caliber tackle right now. That might be a problem, man. I, I mean, are we really trying to win now? Are we now? No, no. And that's, and that's what I mean. The, Russell Wilson was the difference maker to take the the talent level and and say what you will about the talent level on the roster as it was. He made the difference of making that talent level from where it's at to a potential Super Bowl contender. That's just that's how good he is. So I have a hard time. And, you know, obviously you can say, well, you've only, you know, how many playoff games have you won, you know, in the last few years? Not very many. But I, I still can't bring myself to think that he doesn't have that capability within him. You talk about Locke now, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but, uh, and, you know, and, and, and putting the offensive line potential woes aside, I call them potential because we don't know that there's still a, the after the equation sign is not figured out yet. Uh, Dwayne Brown is not signed with Carolina as of yet. Trent Brown, he's gone with the win back to the Patriots. There's other dudes out there uh, that we said st- that are still decent free agents. And then, of course, we, we have, Three of the top 50 picks coming up in this draft. Three of the top 41 picks, in fact, coming right up. And then sans those things, you do still have DK, Lockett, D. Eskridge, hopefully, uh, maybe a fourth guy. And then you're bringing in Noah Fant, who the dude can play. So maybe, maybe rotating back to the uh, the lock conversation for a bit, um, maybe a good jumping off point is I felt that La- I felt that Drew Locke was extremely you know, kind of effervescent when, when Noah's name was brought back up. And, and, and I, ju- I, I wonder what I want to hear is, or I wonder is 
How does Noah feel about being tethered in this deal? Does, does he want Locke to remain his quarterback? I know he won't answer that publicly, but what do you think? Is he, do you think he's fired up that he came along with Locke or is he like, oh man, baby bathwater type thing? Well, we know that his number of targets, had he stayed with the Broncos, would have dropped because Russ just doesn't throw to tight ends. Uh, so it, it probably works out for him. I mean, he probably has a potential of a better potential to get paid in the offense staying with uh, or going to the Seahawks. Now, I don't know if I can say he's staying with Locke because I don't know if he's going to be the day one starter. Uh, the way Pete talks, I I would swear that that Geno Smith was actually signed to a contract right now because that was another thing that came out of the press conference, both the one he gave with John and then when he was on ESP uh, on the radio today in Seattle. It sounds like Geno Smith is actually under contract with the team when he's not. Uh, but I so with that in mind, I, I think it's more likely that Geno Smith's our starter based on where they're at right now, unless they make some kind of a trade. Yeah. I, oh, hey, yeah, you I, know I what? hear I, you. I have that same reaction with Drew Locke. So I, I think that Gino happens to be a little bit better of a locker room leader than Drew. And so I think that goes a little bit farther for me. See, we're talking about terrible options again. So we're going to make these sounds. And everybody's going to go, oh, yeah, <laughs> these are these are gruntables, right? Not, not 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 like lunchables, those delicious snack things. Uh, these are gruntables. And and if it's like we know what Gino is and I think Gino, I think Gino is a fine backup quarterback, even even though the record he was he didn't hold it together all the way through to the end of games and win some close games. And, you know, newsflash, neither did Russ this last year. You know, Russ didn't win close games last year. So why we didn't make the playoffs. But we kind of know exactly what Gino is, and that's okay for a backup. I don't know that we know what Locke is. And I and back to his presser, I thought he was, uh, you know, he he was accountable for how he played, or at least that's how he talks about, right? He, he, he takes, said he, he played not very well, and I'm going to take him at his word. Yeah. <laughs> and I could also look at the being like, all right, second year dude, and that second year is your COVID year, right? So. The 2019 is rookie season. I think I got that right. Is that correct? And then 2020, there's no practice. There's a, there's a, a new coordinator and blammo. And, and it's kind of downhill from there. So maybe, just maybe, the Waldron offense, the things he can do, and Locke talked about that. I can get outside the pocket. I can move my feet. I can drag routes, things that use the middle of the field. I can almost guarantee you, not saying he'd be accurate all the time, he'll try it more often than Russ would go there. Russ just wouldn't go to the middle of the field. So when we talk Gino and Locke, I would just like to go with the the upside of, I don't know what Locke could give me, but I know exactly where Gino could bring us. Uh, Gino could bring us into what, what that terrible, mediocre purgatory where we win between get over that six win you know, threshold, you get to six, seven, eight wins, and you just find yourself drafting 17th, 18th. That's a terrible place to be in the NFL. It's like, it's like be good, have a chance or suck. And Gino, I think it could be suck. It, <laughs> it could be mega made. We could go from suck to blow, but Gino might get us right into that purgatory. Whereas Locke, I think could get us to a higher ceiling and maybe just as bad of a floor, which is okay, I think. You know, if you and I were running the franchise and we wanted to have a losing season uh, so we could get a good draft pick next year, I, I think that would be ideal. I think that's a great way to approach it. I don't think that's the way Pete Carroll is going to approach any season ever. 
And so while I, I think that having a bad quarterback helps with that, I, I just, I don't see, I don't see the team taking that approach for this one season. I'd be fine if they did. Like if they roll out and they don't, you know, maybe they draft a tackle and, you know, they see what Jake Curran looks like at right tackle this season. Um, who, who, but who was good. He like, I know, I know, but if he was, I think he was better than fine. And I think that Posick down the stretch was better than that. He was, he was good. He was good down the stretch. You know, like we're, we'll, we're going to talk about Penny on this one too, but like, there's a reason Penny had those long ass runs because they were big holes. So, and, and the team kind of flipped a little bit when Jake Curran played more football. I, I think that's a natural fact, man. I, I said in the soft season, go, even going into the soft season, I wanted to upgrade at right tackle. And yeah. if we didn't, um, wasn't going to like it, but you know, maybe I'd understand. I don't think the, the, the team upgraded at center, probably went lateral. Uh, going from Posick to uh, Austin Blythe. So, yeah, I just, I think that from the moves that we've seen so far, maybe with what we've seen, it does lead more to that idea that the Seahawks just for this year are going to be, are kind of going to coast. Yeah. So how would you, if you were, uh, you know, the pit boss in Las Vegas and you had a, you had to set the odds, what do you, it, just back to Drew Locke for a second, what do you think the the chances are Drew Locke is our day one starter, like, you know, September, not, not preseason. Hmm. I think it's probably around a 40% chance. I don't know how that works out odds wise. Uh, I, gosh, I might even go 30 cause I'm still, and maybe it's just cause I'm holding out hope uh, that Baker comes to the team. Cause I, I still think that he'd be kind of fun. I think Baker, I, I I'm with you, man. And there's still, it's funny. There's like the, Let's give up a second rounder, which I'm like, whoa! I don't think we need to do that. I just don't. I mean, that that forty and forty one slot, I think second, is so yeah, that so, seems so, high. Yeah, it's so valuable this year too. Like we have, we, that's you know, Schneider's got the nine forty forty one. It's like, can he make that five picks? Can he can he maybe trade up? If we need a left tackle, can we trade up and maybe you know go get the best one or two guys? I don't think they'll do that because I think he he'll, he wants the the cornucopia of picks, but. I really think that John's going to want the flexibility and not use the two, but man, and for me, a three and beyond for Baker Mayfield, who I think is, I still think is above average um, when healthy specifically, I I think it's lock it in, do it, go get a quarterback. Um, however, I know there's a lot of disagreement. And then even on the value, you got the Rob Statens of the world being like, you know, they should be throwing us a pick <laughs> like for taking it <laughs> off their hands. So there, there's even a wide spectrum of, of the, what, the, where the move, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's quite that bad from that perspective, but uh, but we shall see. It's 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 it, you know I, it's got to come to a head pretty quickly too, right? I mean, how much longer? I, I realize free agency can go all the way up and then you know past past the draft and all that, but you got to think that going into the draft, Seattle's going to want to have if they're making a move, they're going to want that decided at least a day or two before the draft. So I feel like there is some deadline there. Otherwise, you're looking at nine and being like, are we looking at are we looking at Malik if he, if he's on the board? Are we looking at 40 and 41 for Desmond Ritter and and other players or a third rounder would how lasted a third round? A lot comes into play then, which is which is going to be really interesting to watch, man. Yeah, I know a lot of people especially after today seeing the tweets about Malik Willis had an amazing end to well uh, he had one amazing throw that's all over Twitter from his pro day. And so I know a lot of people excited about that. That We'll see. 
I'd rather go back and watch some of his college stuff than watch his pro day stuff. I know it, it makes it was an exciting throw, and you know it made you go, "Ooh, that guy's got an arm." Yeah, the the you know going back to the, the drafting for traits, uh, he's got them, <laughs> right? Yeah. So he's got the traits. So if it's if it's the hope that you got the Mahomes Allen you know trait line there, then sure. Um, I you know as his as the hype grows, um, I'm not sure he's going to be there at nine. Yeah, you know, after all, he is the number one touted quarterback, and there are significant teams in front of us that need one. And yeah. and you know the, the Giants probably need a quarterback. The Panthers definitely need a quarterback. So there there's two right there. So it's Falcons. You know, yeah, yeah, the Falcons just just traded their their uh, all timer quarterback, right? So don't I don't even think he's going to get to us at this point. But but we shall see. But uh, but Brandon, why don't we rotate over to a player that we know is definitely getting to us because he's coming back. And yeah, listen, in the past, not my favorite player. However, I got to say, from a fashion sense, when you show back up at your press conference and you are wearing that royal blue, amazing vintage Seahawks, you know, almost like starter jacket with the nice blue sheen, boy, oh boy, uh, Rashad Penny's wouldn't, wouldn't be back over with this fashion sense at least. So, but let's, you know, I guess gut emotional reaction when you, see the tweet about Penny coming back to uh, our Hawks. If he would have only known that he could have won you over by rocking the, <laughs> uh, the old school colors, he's finally, you know, he's got the veteran savvy now uh, to make that work. And we saw some of the contract details early on. It looked like one year, 6 million. And now the guaranteed is closer to five with some of the, the incentives for games played with incentives for rushing yards and those sorts of things. It's, it seems fine. It's, it's right on that upper edge of where I think I would have liked to, to be, but with Russ leaving and just knowing that I think that John wants to, to show that, yeah, he didn't bust on, uh, on making this penny pick. Now, if you were to ask me, though, would I bet $5 million of my own money that Penny would put in a healthy season next year and, and make the contract worth it one year later? I wouldn't do that. But uh, it's not my money, and you know, the way things are going, I think we're looking for a fun year next year. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see what what Penny's going to be. Couple of couple of things jump off there for me. Like number one is you know Adam Adam had that point last time we got together live about hey don't put it past John to to quote unquote overpay or pay a little more uh, to to retain Penny because of the hey I knew what I was doing I took him you know I took him in the first round on purpose and I'll, I'll show all you. Then we learned that Penny was actually offered more money and decided to stay in Seattle. So, you know, uh, check check number two, or so he says, right? But Okay. Well, and you know what? I, I don't doubt it. It's just that we don't have the perspective on exactly what that means. You know, was he offered a two-year, two $6 right, million yeah. dollar guaranteed deal uh, somewhere else to where, you know, if I'm, if I'm in his position and, okay, yeah, it's $6 million guaranteed, but it's two years versus one year and I make five. So I'm making more in one year and I have the chance to you know, get paid. If I, if I bet on myself, I would probably make that bet if I were him. I, I agree. I, I think, I think that's, I would have liked considering we were giving him one year, five and a half mil or so, right. With the incentives that go up above six, I would have actually liked to see a two-year deal where whatever, a little bit more guarantee and spread, spread the wealth out for the cap hit. And this way, if he does have a 12-game season, a 14-game season, heck, a 17-plus game season, um, and he blows it out, then at least we get him that that next year and he's he's locked in. Now it's like if he does have that kind of year, he's 
he's gone. He's gonna be get. He's gonna be you know blown past like Len- Leonard Fournette money. He'll be he'll be into the stratosphere of like eight eight million plus. And then you know the likelihood of us likelihood of us signing him only ticks down further. Or maybe he stays again. The the piece for me right now too, Brandon is we have a. Uh, seemingly still hurt Chris Carson, who is still my favorite current Seahawk. I, I love Chris Carson. And we got Rashad Penny, who has unfortunately been hurt a lot. We have about $12 million locked up in two running backs that have not been able to stay healthy. That in, And that I want to parlay that into the idea that we started we this- quarterback. Well, we, do, we, don't, we don't have a quarterback and we don't have a tackle, right? So which kind of goes back cool. to- Yeah, exactly. We don't have a tackle, let alone many tackles, to necessitate a tackle rack, right? So, um, but I do wonder: will a shoe drop in terms of Chris Carson? Is it going to be a health thing where it's like, could we actually carry twelve million dollars worth of running back salary this year, given the gaps? Based on what Rashad said in his press conference about how he's been talking with Chris about being, you know, the best one-two punch in the league. From what Penny says, it makes it sound like Carson is coming into this with the idea that he's going to play this season. So for me, I you know what, if they have both of them healthy and we could have a healthy season with both running backs, like just for once, I'm excited to see what that would uh, what that would bring. And you know what? I, I don't know if Carson being healthy, if it would impact this deal that Chris suggests here <laughs> on the screen. Let's make a deal now. Rashad goes over a thousand yards, and Clinton has to buy his jersey. I, you know what? If he goes over a thousand dollars or a thousand uh, yards, I, I would, I would pay a thousand dollars for an authentic Rashad Penny jersey just to send it to Clinton. Wow, I think I think we then have a deal there, Chris. So, uh, or at least at the very, very, very least, maybe uh, one of the cheap knockoffs because uh, because hey, why not? But hey, let's yeah. we'll, we'll settle on that deal. That uh, if if Rashad goes over a thousand yards. Some semblance of a, of a Rashad Penny jersey I shall buy and I shall wear. Um, but let, let, let's let the budget, you know, we could start the budgets out later, but but a deal is a deal. So, um, and I see that Nate, you're bringing him up on the screen here. Nate Smeltzer talking about QJ, Quentin Jefferson. It's again, it's like, uh, so yeah, anybody who doesn't know, hasn't seen it yet. I'm sure if you're watching this live, you, you're like, well, of course I, I know the news, but they go bring back Quentin Jefferson who had, who had a good start to his career. Then kind of became a journeyman. I think he was what on Buffalo. I think he was on the Raiders, maybe another team. And now he's kind of come back home. This is the, if you remember, the University of Maryland product to what was he, a fourth or fifth rounder back in the day? I think fourth rounder. Who yeah, fifth, put to- I think. Yeah, he's put together a rather nice NFL career, just being a stable dude in the middle. And if we run the three four, and you, you know, you got your Monets and your Woodses, and, and you got, you know, Puna still there, and you got Quinton and you got Shelby. I got to tell you, those five right dead smack in the middle, you start getting some edge talent around that. That's not a bad at all, bad starting, you know, starting front line there, man. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating, though, when you lose edge talent like Carlos Dunlap, that he, seeing him let go. Yeah, lo- lose, lose or just just cut for no reason when you have a favorable contract. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's weird to me that I, I know there is some salary cap savings I think it's like a $5 million savings and maybe you want to get younger, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see. And again, maybe that's one of those moves that you make if you're really looking at this as a rebuilding year. Yeah. It, it, and again, at that, that nine spot, the draft's going to be really, really interesting. If they're sticking at nine and we don't have a tackle yet, do they take best tackle off the board offensive tackle? If they're sticking at nine 
And there's a lot of edge talent in this. Uh, there's some, you know, heavyweighted edge talent towards the top of this thing. And then you got some draft risers who also play edge. Do they do they go get that next edge guy to pair to pair with Taylor and now Nuoso? I sure hope so. I I'd like I'd like us to go one of two directions there. I guess we'll see. You know, I guess we'll see what where they do go. Uh, or do they end up trading back and there's just accumulating more picks because it's it's known to be a pretty deep draft. So yeah, there's there's a lot to still canvas, a lot to a lot to get through. But as these major players, you know, you're you're in you're in Minneapolis as we speak. Zadarius uh, Smith just got signed today by the Vikings. You know, like these I'm going major- in. I'm going to rip up that deal. He's. <laughs> I'm bringing him. I'm bringing him back to Seattle. Um, maybe maybe I'll throw Dalvin Cook in the trunk too while I'm at it. Dalvin Dalvin could play. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure we have the cap for it. And I think I want to land there too. It's like I think we've once again spent our money on a lot of mid tier guys. And it. I mean, it's just, that's what it feels like. You know, we. Have not it feels up. that way because that's what's that's what we're seeing. Right. So, you know, no no big fishes coming in. We had a pot of gold. I'm not saying it's squandered, but I'm also there are those contracts, right? You know, five and a half million to Penny, eight million a year to Will Disley, things like that. When you see Gerald Everett go for two years, six million per year. I realize one's a move tight end, one's a run blocking tight end. We have Noah Fant. I I, I get all that but it still feels like maybe an overpay for that guy. And we don't have an NFL starting tackle right now. Sans Jake Curran, who maybe he is, but you know, a, a few games, uh, I don't think solidifies that he's our right tackle of the future. So uncertain times, I think is, is a good, a good way to frame it, Brandon. What are you looking forward to besides the Sir Elton John concert tonight while you're out in uh, Minneapolis, man? Oh yeah. Well, shoot. I'm, I'm looking forward to the show. Looking forward to getting back and talking more draft here over these next few weeks. It's the one thing this, it makes for an interesting off season at least. And I didn't want it to be this interesting. I wanted it to be a little bit more boring and we're going to have to work through this altogether and, and listen to everybody's terrible quarterback options and just recognize that nobody has a, a good answer. So it'll, it'll be fun to talk about at least. Yep, it will be. And we got, we got to thank, I think it's, was it uh, Felicia, I think. If I say that's completely wrong, I may be. Felicia? Um, yeah, I'm not exactly how you, but, but Phil, thank you so Phil much. Alicia, Phil Alicia. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Phil and Alicia. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Or 2004. Alicia. They might have been married in 2000. Maybe they, let's see, where, where did we think they're from? I'm thinking they're from like Tucson, but they were PNW originally, but now they're in the Tucson area. What do you think, what <laughs> do you think about that? We're taking guesses based on the username and the and the year that they were potentially married. Yes, and the donation size. I can, I can see for sure. That's their double double income, no kids coming in with the, uh, the $10 uh, super chat there. So we appreciate that. We appreciate that. And I think with that, Clinton. There's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks, man. Go Hawks, man.